I have. I can fly. Really? Did I call it the wrong? I think the background said I can fly. No. It's a pretty big mistake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it said you can fly because Peter Pan was in my mind, and that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> but, you know, you, I, we can fly. Welcome to B-Sides. This is Pastor Brandon. Every message has a side B, and we are covering Isaiah chapter 40, You Can Fly, or also entered on the podcast as I Can Fly. Either way, we can fly. Because part of Isaiah chapter 40 is calling Israel out of this place where they are exiled in Babylon, and it's when Babylon falls and the empires collapsed, and now they can return home to their land. And you can imagine the encouragement they'll need to face the past and to go back. And maybe they've gotten comfortable in Babylon. Maybe they can't wait to get out. But nonetheless, there's a journey before them, which they have to cross the wilderness back to Jerusalem. And so Isaiah begins, Isaiah chapter 40 begins by inviting them to do that. And then um, at the end of chapter 40, talks about them growing wings God wants them to know, look, you might get weary, but you can make it. You can fly, because he can give you wings. I have with me Gio, Gio Montoya. He is here, my assistant. You've heard him on the podcast before. Hello. Hello. Yeah, you were sharing with me, like, the whole idea of, and I think this is what hit me, too, so I'm glad, like, it resonated in the same way with you, the idea that God's not necessarily just inviting us to hitch a ride on his eagle, but he actually wants to turn us into that sort of, uh, like, we can grow our own wings. That's what he's wanting to do in us. Yeah, what really resonated was that you called it like an Uber ride (laughs) with wings, (laughs) but rather than hitching a ride, you're actually hatching your own wings, which is exactly what you said in your teaching, and uh, I think it it was really uh, greatly displayed of how... uh, the God calls us to a new creation rather than just um, making better the old. Yeah. And so that emphasis on hatching wings rather than just hitching a ride on wings. It's a slower, more patient process. I, I want to, and <clears throat> part of what helped me in the text, just like even consider it in that direction was what C.S. Lewis writes. And I, and I made an allusion to his writing. I just didn't quote it exactly. Um, but C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity writes about God making us into creatures that grow wings. And obviously not literally wings, but the idea is that we become, we improve, we grow up. And so I actually want to read that paragraph in Mere Christianity. So He says this, Mere improvement is not redemption. Though redemption always improves people, even here and now, and will, in the end, improve them to a degree we cannot yet imagine. And so he begins this paragraph by saying, We can improve ourselves, but that's not the same thing as redemption. Redemption enters into our life. Like God saves us. He buys us back. He takes us out of Babylon, out of Egypt, out of our slaveries and our addictions and our sin. And in the process of redeeming us, of getting us, he then begins to improve us. So we let him come rescue us. Then he will begin to grow us. So then he continues. 
God became man to turn creatures into sons, not simply to produce better men of the old kind, but to produce a new kind of man. It is not like teaching a horse to jump better and better, but like turning a horse into a winged creature. Of course, once it has got its wings, it will soar over fences which could never have been jumped and thus beat the natural horse at its own game. But there may be a period while the wings are just beginning to grow, when it cannot do so. And at that stage, the lumps on the shoulders, no one could tell by looking at them that they are going to be wings, may even give it an awkward appearance. That last part, the lumps, not quite wings, an awkward appearance, makes me think of, well, you know, kids going through puberty. <laughs> They're like transitioning, right, from from childhood toward adulthood. And things sometimes just aren't proportional. There's just a bit of awkwardness, even to the point of acne or whatever. But Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, like their voice starts changing and... Um, they're no longer, no longer sound like they used to sound, but they sound like a new person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this, of course, Lewis is just talking about second Corinthians five seventeen that he was in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. All things are becoming new. Second Corinthians five seventeen. And so that's the part he, I, I really like that he emphasizes that he's, God's not just simply producing better men of the old kind, but producing a new kind of man. And that's where he goes to the horse. You can teach the horse to jump higher and higher, and they can get to a certain point. But if you give a horse wings, well, now it can blow, it can shatter those records, right? It can, it can not just jump higher, it can soar higher. And so we're dealing with a whole different level of being. And, and that's that's where I think the distinction between, okay, yeah, we can hitch a ride with God. He's always there to help us. But what he's really after is transforming us into a different sort of human, a human that begins to grow up in his character. And that's, yeah, that's the difference between simply hitching a ride on the wings or hatching wings of our own. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome because despite... Uh, the process of it and our response to it sometimes. Um, God never leaves us. He's always there with us. Um, as you were reading the quote and just things are coming to mind, um, I'm doing a, a research paper for school right now on discipleship. And so uh, one of my main passages is Matthew 28, um, verse 16 through 20. And something that he says there uh, that Jesus is telling the disciples the Great Commission, basically. But uh, looking into the text, where he says, Because I have given you authority, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them or in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all, all the things that I have commanded you. But the last part that he says in verse 20, I think, is one of the most important things that I hope they, they were listening. And it wasn't like in the Garden of Gethsemane where they fell asleep or something. I hope they were listening to that because he says, I am with you to the ends of the earth or to the end and so he says i'm with you to the end i'm with you through the process but i'm with you to the end and i give you authority to go and do these things that i have commanded you but also make disciples so i think um when he talks about that and thinking about lewis's quote um it's it's a process of discipleship that takes commitment it takes 
uh, us denying ourselves and really what it comes down to is just fully just um, trusting in his strength in his spirit that lives in us yeah and there's nothing wrong with hitching a ride because well as long as it's god because you are still trusting in his strength right you're acknowledging i'm weary i mean let's just go back to the verse um isaiah 40 verse 30 even youths shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted but they who wait for Yahweh shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so, yeah, we all hit this part, this point, no matter what part of life we're in, where we get weary. But um, as long as we're trusting in God when we hit our end, that's a good thing. But I think what we're talking about is learning to trust him deeper than just fixing this problem now, right? He has eternity in mind for us, and he wants to take us beyond day-to-day needs. Exactly. Yeah, so he, even though he is in the day-to-day needs, he has a bigger picture. And so we look at just the Bible as a whole. He There's a narrative to the whole Bible even though there's day-to-day things that happened that are recorded in the Bible. And so as we see, the narrative of the Bible is the salvation, the uh, presence of God, God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, and eventually uh, that coming where he's going to become, uh, where he's going to be one with his people. Mm-hmm. So we can keep crying out, ah, help! And it's the same situation every time. Or we can learn to grow wings and fly out of that situation. And then we're crying for help for different situations. They're bigger, they're more complex. And like, that's a sense of growing and maturing, right? Like, you know, a kindergartner might need help spelling letters or words and, you know, putting letters the right way or whatever. Some adults too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, help us. Um, yeah, maybe me too. <laughs> Talking properly, speaking properly, whatever. <laughs> but if that's your problem, when like if you're 40 years old and you still need help writing sentences, well, you haven't quite grown, right? You're still at the kindergarten level. Um, so the idea is that you're growing, but our, our ask for help is changing because he's given us strength to, to handle these things. So I guess it's the sense of, on one hand, you're stuck, you know, you're never growing and you're just always, um, just hitching a ride from the same desperate spot every time. And then others are willing to wait on God and trust him and grow, uh, keep growing through what they're in the midst of. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with, with that, um, I think the Lord gives us strength for every day. And so he's not going to give us strength for tomorrow um, because tomorrow has its own, the wor- its own worries. Um, so he gives us strength for the day because he wants us to grow in what he's given us for today. He doesn't give us more than we need or less than we need, but exactly what we need. And sometimes I think we, um, honestly it reminds me, and I think we keep going back to this, but it reminds me of Israel in the wilderness. 
um, where where it, it was supposed to be a passing through the wilderness, but it oh. became a forty year passing because of uh their attitude i would say or their hearts in the place that were, they were in and so in the same way i think that the lord allows situations in our lives seasons in our lives where the lord says hey i'm going to bring you into a season for just a little while because i want you to grow in this area or that area i want you to grow your wings really a little more and then one week or two week or a month turn into years because we fail to see that what God really wants in our lives is our sanctification, our perfection in that day. Um, and so some of us get stuck in the wilderness for 40 years, so get stuck in a place for so long. Um, and the Lord's still working in that, but He's being patient with us and saying, okay, you need to take it a little slower. That's a good analogy, like getting, getting stuck to like being in the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah. And of course, the wilderness isn't a far-fetched illustration at all, because Isaiah refers to it. There's a way in the wilderness, it's Isaiah 40, verse 3, in the wilderness prepare the way of Yahweh. And then as I read in the message, um, there's a couple other places that he'll, he'll actually allude to the first exodus and talk about Israel's restoration being like another exodus. Yes. So that's not at all far-fetched. And then I love we are saying, like, God's will for us is our sanctification, do you remember where that is in the New Testament? That's a verse. It's in a, I want to say it's Second Thessalonians. I think Thessalonians sounds right. I just don't know exactly where it's at. Yeah, I, I might scan through it, but um, look for it. Um, but sanctification, it's kind of like those words that unless you've been like in Bible studies for a while, it, it's just, what is that word? Yeah, that's true. It's sometimes it, uh, <laughs> these words come to mind and then we assume, well, everybody knows what sanctification is, but... Not everybody think knows what sanctification well, is. Well, how would you describe sanctification? Well, it makes me uh, think about Second Corinthians 3.18, um, where it speaks about that we're being transformed from glory to glory, oh, just yes. as, in, as in the image of the Lord. So we're being transformed to, be, to look more and more like the Lord, um, step by step, minute by minute, second by second. Obviously, uh, we, as God's creation, we're within this time... Um, like I almost want to say like a time sphere where he's out of time. So we are being transformed as we uh, continue on in life. To him, it's just one moment. And so um, I think when I think sanctification, I think that transformation that's happening within us, that's allowing us to look more and more like his sons and daughters. Hmm. I like that. Um, I was thinking sanctification is... A lot like what we're talking about, growing your wings. It's yeah, it's about maturity, becoming like his sons and daughters. It's it's about I'm a fallen human who has addictions and gets stuck in sin cycles and want to blame people and accuse people and condemn people and my problem is everyone else's fault and but he rescues us from that and gives us wings so that we can fly to new levels. You know, we can be whole and healed. We can live with him. We can live like him. Um, that's that's what sanctification is like. It's like the growing up of the soul. Yes. So, yeah. And by the way, did you find the verse? No, I, I didn't. Okay, good, because I did. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I think you gave up when you saw me looking, so <laughs> I was going to say I won, but I, I was like, he's got actually. it. He's got it. First <laughs> uh, Thessalonians 4, verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. I mean, it's pretty good. People are like, what's the will of God for me? Well, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, you're faced with the decision between two things, and it's like, I don't know what to do. And that's a hard place to be. I think most of us have been there at least once. But the will of God, the primary, like, trumps all of those decisions, will of God is your sanctification. Or let's just put it in Isaiah 40 terminology and, like, your growing of wings. You're becoming a new sort of creature, or from creature to son, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, I- yeah, go ahead. No, and I, I like you were saying earlier. I was just referring to what you said earlier. Um, there's different, there's different growth throughout our lives. Um, I don't think we're ever done. I don't think we ever get to a place where we're like, all right, I got my wings. I get to retire, lay back, and just <laughs> ease into heaven. Like the metaphorical wings, like I earned my wings. Like <laughs> yeah, <a pilot. laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, if anything, I think the earn your wings means that you're ready for more sanctification, more um, transformation in your life. Um, I think um, I was thinking about what you were saying about the eagles and how the eagles don't struggle with, like, flying. They never, they're never, they never asking somebody to hold their wing up or anything like that, <laughs> which I thought was really funny illustration. <laughs> <laughs> but thinking about eagles, um, they're not untouchable either. Um, I'm pretty sure there's times when they... They, they, they do hurt or whatever they are. <laughs> I guess in some places they're going extinct for one reason or another. Yeah. But thinking about eagles and even though they can soar and fly high and I don't know if you knew this, but I heard that they can pick up a baby deer, which is called something else. I don't, a I don't, fawn. A fawn. They can actually pick up a fawn when, while hunting. Um, even though they could do all that, when they when they fly at a high elevation, they're at a different level. They're at a different level of in the atmosphere. They're at a different level. They're operating completely completely different, and so uh, at that level is where their vulnerability becomes evident. Um, so, if we think about it, for example, like kindergarten is compared to an adult. If an adult steps into a kindergarten class and he's given a test. He's gonna be like, I got this. He's gonna ace the test, whatever. But if it's the opposite, where a kindergarten, kindergartner steps into, say, a college class, how vulnerable is that, is that child gonna be? Yeah. And so in that, I think, um, a lot of times we want to say we want to be here. We want to have our wings already. We want to make it there and, and be there. Um, but God says, not yet. I want you to pass this first. I want you to go through this first before you can go, uh, go there because his, his whole will for us as we're looking in that verse is not that we pass all these tests. It's not that we become these super human, uh, super souls, but rather his heart, his will for us is that we be sanctified, whether it be taking small steps at a time or taking leaps at a time. And that really depends on how we respond to that transformation or the 
what surrounds the transformation in our lives day by day. The things that surround our lives are the things that make us wait on the Lord. I think that's the challenge in this. It's like a great idea. Oh, I can fly. Like, that's cool. We all want that. But um, Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, but they who wait for Yahweh. And of course, the Psalms. That's a theme in the Psalms, right? Over and over. I waited for the Lord. I waited. I waited. I waited. Seems like there's a lot of waiting going on in the godly in the Bible. <laughs> um, what does it look like to wait for the Lord? I, your face right now is classic for those who can't see because it's just me. Um, <laughs> Gio asked me that question earlier and now I'm asking him. And so he looks like, you're not supposed to do that. You can't pull a fast one on me like that. <laughs> yeah, my question was, okay, so we know, like what you were saying in Psalms, we know that the Bible says to wait on the Lord and those who wait on the Lord prosper and those who wait on the Lord are blessed. How do we practically wait on the Lord in our day-to-day lives? You're turning the question around. I asked you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tell you how I tend to practically wait on the Lord. Um, it's funny because we were talking about this, but um, every time I'm in that place where um, I'm responding negatively to the change of transformation that God wants to make in my life, um, I usually get into this place of like, Lord, why are you doing this? Lord, I don't understand this. Lord, I, I, my mind's just cluttered and I can't even think straight and I can't. And, and, um, it's so good because he just listens to me. He just waits and he listens to me. And then when it's the right time, there's this verse that he always gives me. I either see it like, on a coffee mug, I see it hanging somewhere, I see it on the Bible app, I see somewhere, it doesn't fail, and that's Psalm 4610, 46, um, and, and, and what it really says is, be still, and know that I am God, so he's basically telling me, you don't really know anything because you're not God. You're not looking at things the way Ooh. I'm looking at things. Ooh. You're looking at things in like one moment, what's in your head, what's in your heart, what's in your life. But I see the whole picture. I see what's coming. I see what's happened and I see what's happening now. I guess I think we, by nature, we want quick fixes. There's a problem. We want to solve it. and We want to solve it now. But that's kind of not what this verse is saying. Waiting doesn't always mean fixing now. And so, I mean, you know, going back to our question, how does this look? I know for me, and I've talked to people too, who often this is a person in our life. And we have a tendency to treat people and problems with people like a problem to fix, not like a human. And we want an answer. We want to just eliminate the person slash problem or just the problem. Prove I'm right. Get them out of my life or like whatever, however you want to deal with it. 
I mean, that's in our, that's in all of our natures. Some of us are better at not acting on it than others. Some of us are learning how to not act on that. But I think part of waiting is that it's, it's rather than having to fix something, uh, it's, okay, God, what are you doing here? What do you want me to learn in this? Like this person's annoying me, but maybe rather than focusing on their lack of growth, maybe I should be looking at how you're using this for me to grow. Because you said something earlier about how, I think that's how we segued into this question, was um, God uses life circumstances around us. Yeah. Do you remember that? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what what uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, so, and I, I'm by no means belittling our American mindset. It's obviously made a great nation, and we're all benefits of that. But sometimes it rubs against the gospel in, and this is what I mean, in that we're a go-fix-it society. You know, we always have solutions to our problems. And Americans, we're self-made people. We believe we can do anything. And that's a large part what makes us such a great nation. But this is a certain part in the Bible where it's cautioning us, don't apply that everywhere in your life. Because sometimes, especially when it's about God things, Sometimes God puts us in places that we can't solve. And by trying to solve it, we're actually going to be damaging a potential growing lesson or growing season. And that's where I just kind of, I really relate to Lewis's quote about the wings. And sometimes they're just nubs and it's awkward. And I just picture it being itchy. The feathers are trying to grow in. And it's just, it's not very fun. Uh, and you're, you're just in this in-between stage, and that's often where it is, though. And it's hard because when we're in those seasons, it feels like forever. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long. And so, yeah, I think um, one of these ways it looks is, all right, we got a person, and it may not be a person. It might be a different kind of situation. Sometimes we just have to not seek a quick fix. Hitching a ride's a quick fix. Let me dial Uber, and phew, the wings will take me away. Um, but if we want to grow our own wings, if we want to grow in the will of God and in our sanctification and become more like him, if we want to soar higher and see what he's up to from a higher perspective, like an eagle, then sometimes we have to just say, all right, I'm in. I'm in for whatever you want to do with this, Lord. And it's endurance. It's endurance rather. And that's, I think, why he's also talking about sometimes we grow weary. We're like, I'm tired of enduring through this. Like, I just want to get out of this. And God's like, yeah. But maybe you hang in there just a little bit longer. You're going to see that this is going to be magnificent. Was that a good enough practical example? Or yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, and I think you hit it, <laughs> hit the nail right in the head. Um, there was uh, this book I read at some point. And I can't remember the author, but it was a philosopher, and he said he basically labeled our society uh, the throwaway society because if we can't fix it, we throw it out. And I think it's so important that in God's economy, we don't just throw out a situation just because we can't fix it. We, if that situation is in our lives, it's because he wants to do something in us, not in really the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a really good add on. I think that kind of nailed it. So one, of course, clarification, because life is messy and it isn't always that simple. Oh, you just wait. I mean, there's going to be moments when you just have to act and you know what to do. Well, that's clear. Like, do it then, you know, 
Um, I mean, just to be really extreme, someone's drowning, you don't wait on the Lord. <laughs> Do I it. save them or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, give me a sign. <laughs> no, that's, that's, yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> when you're in these moments, you'll know. You'll know because you don't know what to do. And, and frankly, you, what your gut reaction wants to do, you also know is not the right thing to do. You're just dreading the alternative yeah. of let's see where this takes you. Let's just grow through this. And that's when you know, okay, I just got to wait. I don't have a clue how God's going to use this. I don't have a clue when this is going to end or how this is going to resolve. But if I wait, um, you will fly. Like that's, that's a promise that people who have waited on the Lord through whatever they're going through, through their weariness and their fainting, through their wilderness uh, episode, people who have waited on the Lord through those episodes will tell you over and over and over, they are different people because of what happened, right? No, that I completely agree. I completely agree with that. It makes me think of Peter. He denies Jesus three times, and then he... Could have easily fell into this place of, oh man, I failed. I denied the person whom I said I would never leave. So I'm just going to quit. I'm not going to endure through it. But then we see him that he endures through that. And then the resur- the resurrection happens. Jesus risen and going into acts and just the work that, um, the work that Jesus, that God did through, through Peter Oh, that's a good example. And there's no doubt Peter grew wings. He probably has wings under, yeah. Under his cloak, is that what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, under his robe, cloak? Yeah. <laughs> he definitely fluttered and sputtered for a while. You know, he had a long, awkward phase, saying the wrong thing at the wrong times. And, you know, just kind of the guy we always beat up on because he was, he's always the one highlighted yeah. among the disciples. <laughs> but see, that's, that's. That's the beautiful point. He also becomes the first real head of the church, the leader of the early church. And um, I love that, your, your example. Like how weary he was when he failed Jesus. How many of us would have just, that was the end. Not him. And then he came back with God growing wings in him. And that's, yeah, that's a really good example. I'm glad you brought that up. In fact, I should probably just end on that. Yeah, I think that's a good place to end. So let's not give up, friends. Wait on the Lord. And a fun homework assignment. A naughty word, homework. A fun challenge. <laughs> a fun extra credit Bible study you can do is comb through the scriptures and see how many times it tells you to wait on the Lord. That might be a an encouraging study. So until our... Until Sunday, this is Pastor Brandon and Gio with Grace and Gratitude. Thanks for listening.